Kane is in the building. With Hollywood code, I'm with Marley G, bro. Flying Holly Grow chicks to my Hollywood shows. And I wanna tell you something that you probably should know. This that slum dog, millionaire Bollywood flowing up. Uh, my real friends never hearing from me. Fake friends write the wrong answers on the mirror for me. That's why I pick and choose. I don't get shit confused. I got a small circle, I'm not with different crews. We walk the same path, but got on different shoes. Live in the same building, but we got different views. I got a couple cars I never get to use. Don't like my women single, I like my chicks in twos. And these days, all the girls are down the You're road. listening to 2, 5, and 10, your source for bullshit free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the mid-round, first-round update of the NHL playoffs. Benny, uh, very relaxed over there. How you feeling, big boy? Feeling good, which is going to bite me in the ass as a Rangers fan, but uh, all the series have played at least three games, so we have a pretty good feel for how each matchup is faring so far, um, kind of recap what's happened storylines going to elimination games for each series i know you guys played game four today uh so we'll get into that and like you said feeling comfortable i'm knocking on wood as even before we recorded i was knocking on wood when i said it but uh rangers up two games to one we'll get into that uh talking about the first three games and game four tomorrow night at the garden uh, and we'll get into all our first round matchups as well. So I like it. Uh, the consistency. I also want to get into just the broadcasting, I think, has been much better this year than it was last year. And I'm sure it has to do with, you know, getting the rust out for T- TNT, Turner Sports, and ESPN to get like the flow, the scheduling, the pre and post game, the right. Uh, broadcasting crews in place, but I feel like this year's quality has been significantly better than last year, especially on ESPN with some of the uh, C and D broadcast crews. I agree. I, I do think the broadcasting has been a lot better. Um, even the just them sending it down to the ringside reporters has been a lot better. There was some question marks last year. You're like, that was awful, but but it's been a significantly better. I don't think any uh, Leah Hextall this year, right? I do not believe Leah got the call this year. No. That fantastic. Uh, <laughs> um, we what we need is uh they should sub out Subban for one of the pregame shows and have Stephen A. try and talk to Mark Messi about how hockey doesn't matter. Oh, I, I would actually really that would be a very good half hour on ESPN. Yeah. Hey, m- hey, maybe they'd make it to Sports Center then. Maybe. So here's the thing: Messier is great. But I feel like he's not super quick on his feet. Maybe they should have Stephen A. and uh, Shano on a segment. Oh, that'd be good. I mean, 
I, I also I like Chelly too. Chelly just yeah. doesn't give a shit. So I can, I can see there'd be a lot of bleeps going on there in that one. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So let's get into it. Um. We usually save our boys for the last uh of the episode, but I feel like kicking it off with them is the right place to start before getting into the other matchups. Uh, we'll kick off with you in, up in Boston since you guys had game four today. Uh, you won 6-2. You lead the series three games to one. Uh, a lot of people probably surprised that Florida even won one game. But in each of the wins that you guys have had, it hasn't been particularly close uh, in any of those three wins. Some some spirited side circus shit with uh, Matty Kachuk this series as well. I, I hate to say being capped off today with what happened with Linus. Because I feel like that's just a precursor to what's going to happen in the last five minutes when Florida is about to get eliminated. Um, but what are your thoughts so far in the series? What happened? What's been going on with Kachuk? And also, I know you guys are three games to one. Is there a feeling of let's just get it taken care of in Boston in Game Five and get our rest in and get some guys some additional rest? Or even if you lose game five, you're just like, we'll just close down on the road, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I said six from the beginning. I thought that was the magic number. But on the other end at this point, yeah, you're going home in the driver's seat. Close it out Wednesday night. Get as much rest as you can before the second round. Um, Bergeron is quote-unquote likely for game five. I wouldn't play Preachy. I wouldn't either. I, I think... The past two games, your your team has played well without him. Um, I would say, if needed, bring him for game six. Uh, they said Krejci is already out with an upper body injury. Um, there's been a big talk in Boston about... Originally, for game one, there was a stomach bug that had hit the team. Yeah. And then they used that as a cover-up for Bergie for some gamesmanship. And then for game two, when everybody else had kind of cleared, they're like, no, he's out with an injury. Now, obviously, <laughs> we don't know what it is, but they throw that out there. Um, from what I heard, I don't know what's true, what's not, just kind of rumor. Allegedly, and it's Bergeron's dad has cancer. And that is why he played that game in Montreal, because that could be the last game he sees him play up mm. there. So that was why he played that game. So he wouldn't have played otherwise. Correct. Okay. Um, so everyone's going with the, why do you let them play? How don't you let them play? You know what? I mean, honestly, sometimes you're better off playing going into the playoffs than taking the couple of games off. Yeah. I just think you sit too long. Uh, it, it gets a little stale. And so, he's earned a right to say, Hey, I want to play in this game for a personal reason. Yeah. I think he has that, that pull. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, as for the series, um, Linus a little bit banged up, so he's been a question mark for certain games. I think he's been good. You could definitely tell game one, even though we won, he looked slow to me. Like, positionally, he was sound, but he looked a little slow. Even today when I saw him, he, he looked a little slow in certain instances. So, I don't know, I'm guessing maybe, you know, bleak or something, just the churning. Um, the other end of things... Each game that we have won, because it was very noticeable in game two that we didn't have it. When we play good defensively, our layers, like the first two minutes of the game today, you could see that the boys brought it. Just the back check that was going on, the layers that we had in the defensive zone, 
making it extremely difficult for Florida to, hey, you know what, even if you do get a cycle going, we're going to take all your lanes, so everything has to go back up top. Nothing easy. Um, I will say, too, previous to this, I was a very big fan of Paul Maurice, but now kind of watching him and, and you know, a lot of the camera views that go to him, he whines an awful lot. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, dude. They, <laughs> they, like, they, they show Monty back there, and Monty's, like, talking to the guys or the other coaches, and, you know, you, you see Paul, it seemed to be after every penalty call, you know, he's pointing the other way, that, you know, that's a fucking hook, too, if you're calling that, and blah, 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 and it's like, I, I just feel kind of, listen, if you're going on the PK, get the boys ready, get your troops kind of rallied that way instead of bitching and complaining about what's a penalty and what's not. I feel like coaches that do that, it, it gives their guys, like, a nervous energy. Whereas, like, if our coach isn't able to basically check emotions and keep the focus on the bigger picture, how can you expect the guys to? Uh, agreed. Um, now I'm just trying to go through other things in my head. Are you oh, surprised uh, no Swayman so far? I Dude, I honestly thought they were going to go the 1-1 the whole way. Uh very surprised. I mean, we'll sway, I think, at three minutes of playing time today at the end of today's game, which turned into that fracas of Matty Kachuk gives Olmark a cross-check, and then everybody drops the gloves. Everyone's lining up. They kick Olmark out of the game. Uh, d- just humor. Funny. Um, Nick Felino comes back in the lineup. Nick's playing great. Yet again, the one guy who I hate all regular season, and then he shows up for the playoffs. Charlie Coyle, man, ha- has been a force and a difference maker this whole series just it it seems to me it's just that's where he makes his bread and butter and the size kicks up another notch he's been our one c the past two games and very noticeable which i which i like from him like you know there's certain times where he goes very quiet very stale but he has been in the mix for everything i mean after every whistle he's grabbing a guy um the back check when he comes back like very noticeable. Charlie McAvoy, outside of Game Two, has had a very good series. Laid out Maddie Kachuk today, which I I loved. <laughs> it was great. Um, Lindholm's been good. Orlov's been jumping into plays. Uh, they just brought Grizzlick back in the lineup, starting for Game Three. Cliffy is the odd guy out currently. I like it. I, I think they look good, and I'm hoping Wednesday they can close it out. Yeah, I mean, the other part for. Uh, from Florida's point of view, is I know the kid. Obviously, they lost game one. He was solid enough game two. How did they just still instantly go back to Bobrovsky and goal? Playoff Bob. I mean, uh, unfortunately for them, that's their guy. I mean, that's your $10 million a year guy. I, I think at some point, you got to give him the cage, right? I mean, granted... We know what he's done, especially against us in the playoffs. It hasn't been anything, but <laughs> it, it's just one of those. Th- I think for them, they have because now it's okay. It's game four. Wednesday, I'm sorry. Game five, Wednesday night. Who do you go with? They both got lit up. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, Bobrovsky's not going to be the guy. Oh, Lyon oh, could I, be I the guy. That. Yeah. So game two, w- when we came out and. We were getting chances, and he had a really nice post-to-post save, glove save on the power play against Pasternak. 
And I'm like, I don't like it because the kids are a lot of rubber. Felt very comfortable. He made that big save, and I'm going, fuck, we're in trouble tonight. And, you know, then the barn doors fell off. We had some awful turnovers, and they gave it to us. But outside of that, I mean, we've scored early in games. I mean, Taylor Hall in game three, very early goal. We get one on the power play today. Marshy, just the puck open in front, you know, finds a hole in there. And it just seems to me that on the other end of things, Florida doesn't know how to dig themselves out of a hole. And it just seems like they, they get a little whiny, a little cunty, and then the Maddie Kachuk stuff starts, you know? Yep. Now, and Kachuk's question the face I... of the franchise. I know Barkov's been there forever. Ekblad's been there forever. But Kachuk is more known around the league. The more casual fans know who Matthew Kachuk is. He needs to start acting like it. Like, he... It got to that point with Avery, and he didn't learn, and that's why he was out of the league at 32. Marshan learned. Like, yeah, sometimes he still does some kind of ticky-tack shit, but he has really changed his game in that sense since seven years ago. Kachuk, I know he's still young, even though he's been in the league for a few years now. He's getting to the point where... Like, the veteran leaders, the coaching staff, the organization... There's a difference between playing physical and being an agitator, and it's almost like military conduct unbecoming of an officer. Like, yeah, let's fucking go, dude. Yeah, my thing is, say Wednesday goes according to at least my plan, and you know we we got a two three nothing uh, two goal lead towards the end of the game. They're on their way out. Is he gonna start to do the bullshit that he's been doing? Or is he going to sit there and be one of the guys that will shake your hand and be like, fuck, you know, I just, I don't know what to expect out of him lately. The, the no sick thing the other day on the hot mic was pretty uh, bad, uh, very noticeable on the national the spotlight. I mean, anyone who follows hockey knows what was said there. And, you know, Ray Ferraro really doesn't get uncomfortable too much. Seemed a little uncomfortable in between the boards there. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, so, I think on the other end, too, for someone of Maddie's genetics as to what his father was, I, I just think you do anything you can to win a cup. That That's not the question. But at what point is enough enough? That's what I don't know. Yeah, because then it starts becoming a sideshow, and it's that act starts wearing thin on your own teammates because... They don't want to have to constantly be getting into fights and scrums because you're doing some stupid shit. Like, yeah, I don't want to I, have to potentially too, get my face caved in by Trent Frederick or Felino because you keep running Linus Olmark. Like, enough. Yeah, I just... Uh, I don't know. I'll say, since the beginning of this series... Florida, after all the whistles, has tried to goad us into certain things, and we and we haven't taken the bait, which has been good. I just wonder if at a certain point, like I said, if it gets to a point where we know what's going on, can things get out of hand in the sense of, uh, like, hey, I've been waiting for you, and now is my chance. That's what I just don't know, and it's like, you don't want to be stupid, you don't want to get suspended for the next round or anything like that, but, yeah, I, I just, I don't know, at what point could it go the other way? I don't know. That's definitely going to happen. Like in an elimination game, 
if Florida is down multiple goals, Boston is going to be like, all right, now's the time to take care of some unfinished business when it comes to Kachuk and a couple of the other guys. Even a guy like Verhage has kind of been more in line with our traditional what goes on in the playoffs and getting under skin more so than Kachuk. But I feel like the Bruins definitely have some names that they need to get out of their system before moving on uh, to the second round if they're in an elimination position. Yeah, I tell you who's been getting there too. He he came back in in game two. Fucking Sam Bennett, man, what a prick to play against in the playoffs. <laughs> I know, but that's the type of prick that's like the good type versus what Kachuk's been doing. Oh, I I agree. I'm just saying in general, like yeah, he's been, yeah. <laughs> um, now, your boys. Yeah. So. Rangers up two games to one. Game four at MSG is tomorrow night, Monday night. Um, they had a chance to go three games to none, uh, losing in overtime. Uh, game one and two in New Jersey, Rangers controlled the game from puck drop to the final whistle. Uh, I know the Devils had to lead first in game two, but after that it was uh, all Rangers. Igor has been Igor. Um, the Devils have scored a total of four goals in three games. One of them was on a penalty shot. The Rangers have effectively suffocated the Devils offensively. They've really slowed them down. I know in game three, there are a few uh, spurts of play where the Devils kind of got their the horses going a little bit, and then the Rangers uh, kind of put an end to that. The issue for the Rangers in game three was they couldn't uh, – contribute on a power play uh, and especially early on with a rookie goaltender making his playoff debut. It's at Madison square garden. The Rangers didn't take full advantage by putting as much many pucks on a net as they should have, especially the one that stood out to me was Trocek gets a pass from Panarin. He's right inside the hash marks has a lane to shoot. And then he tries to backdoor seam pass the Fox on the left post instead of taking a shot. And that was a big missed opportunity, but it was things like that. And I know the guys were probably amped up playing at home up two games to none. Ranger fans were in rare form last night. Um, so I'm sure that played into it. Just a missed opportunity. Um, obviously the Rangers don't want to lose game four and go two two back to New Jersey. Even though we won both games in New Jersey, we just want to put it, put a squat, put a squash on any type of mental momentum that the Devils can get from a game four win in a tied series. So I think, I mean, the Rangers lost in overtime. They still effectively controlled the Devils offensively. I think they just keep doing what they've been doing. Uh, You kind of still expect Igor to be Igor and then take more of the shooting opportunities when it presented to you, like they did in games one and two. That's what we said in our preview episode where I said the Rangers are going to essentially have to control the pace of play. And when the opportunity presents itself, just throw the puck on a net. Um, because the more times that the Devils are, have their back turned, the better. And in game three, they tr- kind of, not defensively, but offensively kind of strayed from that a little bit. Um, Chris Kreider, five goals in three games, four on a power play. He's been a beast. Uh, he, like I said, Igor has been fantastic. At going back 
uh, to February 1st, he's not allowed more than two goals in the game, in any game that he started. Uh, his goals against average is like 1.67 since February 1st, so he's back to where he was last year. Um, Canes look great. The issue is on a power play. Again, they have Zibanejad in the a, in a slot instead of in the circle for his one-timer. I still don't understand why. Um, but yeah, I'm feeling, I'm still feeling pretty good. Game four is at home. Uh, I think we're still in a pretty good spot. We're not, we didn't lose game three in a way that New Jersey has won all year. So I still think they don't have the full confidence of, all right, now we got our legs under, under us. We're going to go in here. Let's get this back tied to New Jersey. It's yeah, we want, and I know they're not going to say this publicly or even to themselves. Yeah, they won, but they still had to beat us in a game that was our game. And it felt like more so we lost it than they won it. Uh, the other two things I wanted to comment on, it's a little more understandable for Hughes, Jack Hughes. Like You saw it when he scored his goal in Game 3. He tur- immediately turned to the fans along the glass and like started talking shit. It's his first playoff experience. Games one and two, you can definitely tell it was like a holy shit moment for him. Uh, game three is falling all over the ice. He hasn't really gotten going, uh, even with the goal in game three. Uh, but Dougie Hamilton, when he scored his goal, this now this is the one of the veteran leaders. Immediately, also is looking to talk shit to Ranger fans, and I'm like if that's where their heads at, anytime they score or not at the Garden. I don't have much in a way of concern about what's going to happen in games four or five if it gets to game six or whatever. They're so off their their flow that their first in- instinct is, yeah, fuck these fans, instead of being like, you know what I'm trying to get at? It's just mentally I don't think they're there yet. I don't think they're ready. The fact that Eric... Halla is trying to just fight everybody at the drop of a hat and taking super penalties, and he's their most playoff veteran guy. I don't think this is a team that's ready for the next step, um, and I think the Rangers have shown that in the first three games defensively. So if they just keep doing that, I feel like they're going to be going into Jersey Game Five up three-one, looking to close it out. Now, you said you guys have another home game. I mean, is it fair to say that every game so far has been a home game? Yeah, it's uh, basically the Rangers are wearing special uh, road jerseys at home the first two games. <laughs> I was going to say that the, the presence is definitely noticeable. I will say that. Um, now, the other end, going into this, we both predicted it would be a seven-game series. Now, after what you've seen, confidence is going through the roof what do you think has been the difference maker here outside of Chris Kreider on the power play I mean I think it's having the mental comfort factor of having Igor back there knowing that obviously the Rangers aren't trying to aren't trying to get into a run and gun shootout with the Devils but they know that if one or two happen defensive breakdowns happen during a game they got Igor the I think the Devils there. are in a position where they can't make a mistake and that's kind of slowing down their offensive transition game that they're built on so it's like I think it's a combination of the Rangers defensively 
And also the Devils, they say, oh, we can win with anybody behind us in goal. Yeah, well, then prove it. Like, you're not opening it up. And I think that shows a little bit of concern about the Rangers' offensive talent, especially in the top six, so even the kid line, burying any type of mistake that the Devils have. So they're also kind of restricting themselves to cover for that. Um, but yeah, on the Rangers' side of things, that's it. On the Devils, it just it has nothing to do with the talent. I think it has everything to do with following their cue from Hughes and Heischer and these guys being like, fuck, all right. Like, the range, this is where the Rangers were under Quinn. So, like, every team has to go through this. And this is the Devils' time to go through it. And now the Rangers are playing a role of, like, what Boston did to us when you guys beat us in five games. Like, that's kind of where we're at now. All right. Now, is there anything New Jersey can do to get back into this? I mean, obviously, outside of winning game four, but mentally, physically, I mean, is there something that's just really lagging on their end that you think could definitely help them? And I know you don't want to give away the secret potion either. (laughs) I mean, I've been saying this since the deadline. The concern is if the Rangers don't get many power play opportunities, uh, they do have a tendency to go cold at five on five. So the Devils, they've taken 16 penalties in the first three games. And I know the Rangers didn't convert in game three, which cost them a three nothing series lead. But if the Devils really cut back on the penalties, like, and a lot of the penalties are really just stupid. Like the Ranger, the Graves took a penalty with like two and a half minutes left in the third period of a tie game by high sticking Kane away from the play. Like it's issues like that, that have been popping up for the Devils. I think if they play more disciplined and limit the Rangers to one or two power plays in a game, yeah, the Rangers might score on both, but you can't give us six and expect us to go over six again. That's fair. So I think that's the key where if they, the more five on five, the Devils play at, I think the better. Um, but obviously they need to open it up a little bit more if they can, but the Rangers have just been very suffocating all three games so far. Well, all right, big boy, where do you want to go from here? Uh, so I was thinking one of two ways you can keep it in the East and go Islanders Hurricanes since they also had their game for today, or we can kick it over to LA Edmonton. You know, let's stay in the East. We'll, we'll make it easier. We're already here. Um, I know going into this previously, you were a little questionable with the Hurricanes. And they had some injuries in this series, too, which are not making them uh, any better. But for me, it's... <laughs> yeah, like, but for me, it's like they're playing their neutral zone trap and they're causing the turnovers that they need. They're going in every time, and it seems that they are making the most of their chances. Anytime they get a two-on-one, they're scoring. And it seems like Seth Jarvis has kind of caught fire at the right time because he has been a madman lately for them. And I understand a little bit not as good of a regular season, but then it's like Aho buries one, and now he he's tied with Eric Stahl for the most playoff goals in the franchise. Like, it just seems like even with everything else going wrong around them and anti-Ranta in that, they're still getting results. I mean, they're up three to one. 
Yeah, I mean, they were considering cha- going to Anderson uh, for game four. They lose territory of Einan for the rest of the series. Broken hand, he had to have surgery on it. He'll probably be back, if not game one of the second round, if they make it uh, at some point in the second round. Um, the Islanders, like the whole basis on having some confidence in him in this series was Sorokin. And especially the games one through three, I think he's played like shit. Um, really poor, especially game two. So n- not giving him a chance to win at all. Um, I know he said he had a great year, but I wonder if at some point, like now you're facing elimination, do you just go to Varlamov <laughs> and see if that lights a fire? Um, I was going to say, maybe or that's the spark. Risk, yeah. like, if you're going to lose, you got to lose the guys that brought you. I would assume you got to go with the guys that brought you, but now on the other end, it's like, if you go to Varlamov now, a are you showing to be extremely desperate, or is this a change that the guys will make in hopes of being better? That's what I don't know. The other thing that's been the uh, outstanding issue for the Islanders and. Obviously, this is one of the crush marks going in. They really just don't have the finishers. No, like th- those guys, like when you, when you go through it at certain points, like Palmieri used to be able to finish. Now, not not really as much. Like you kind of go through the lineup, and I think Barzell coming back from injury, you were hoping for a lot more. I wonder if he was just rushed with the being playoff times. But no one on this team has made me go like, all right, like, like they're doing better. Like it's just nothing has been really blown me out of the water. Do you think Islanders can pull off three in a row? No, not a chance. Yeah, that was the thing. Maybe it was selfish of me when we we're making predictions, but I was like, man, if the Rangers get past New Jersey, especially watching the first two games of Islanders Hurricanes, I'm like, if the Islanders can somehow knock off Carolina, the Rangers would fucking run all over the Islanders here. And that's like a ticket to the Eastern conference final. <laughs> so, so, so just more of an internal hope than anything. Yeah. And now that, and once they lost, it's like, ah, shit, well, there goes that dream. <laughs> well, I mean, Tara Vine and out is a huge loss for them, but it just seems like all the other guys, like Nekas has stepped up. Like an Aho has been Aho. Jarvis has been having a great series. Like, I just wonder sometimes, like you know, sometimes when it when it's going for you, it's going. But is Carolina through the first four games? You look at that and you're like, okay, they're they're going to be a problem. I I didn't say that. I I just said they had a good start. I yeah. think um, they're not that scary to me. I know they're a good team. Like you don't win, you get over a hundred points by accident. They're just not that scary to me. They, they just seem relentless to me, though. On the other end, like. They come out today for the kill, and I mean, they have 42 hits today. They go two for five on the power play. It's like, they can smell the blood in the water. Like, they're not naive to that. And now game five's back. And this series, I think, wraps up game five. I think so, too. I just, I don't see how the Islanders can climb out of this hole. Just, that's it. Yeah. Um, also, sticking in the East, Pretty uh, ho-hum 
series with no emotion between Toronto and Tampa Bay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, I, I thought the cops were going to come out on the ice the other day to break up that one. Uh, what a fucking, like, I don't want to say scumbag hit, but like Riley throws point into those boards. Like there was nowhere for him to go. And then he gets the winner for the fuck you. And Dubis is screaming at the lightning fans. Like this doesn't mean anything. Shit. Like that's a really poor look. I mean, it doesn't mean anything to either team, right? It's just, just a first round. I know, but just, I know, but just from like, as a GM point of view, like, you won't see Steve fucking Iserman or uh, Joe Sackick barking at the fans like that. Like, dude, act like you've been there before. Well, he hasn't. That's that's part of the problem. Yeah, but uh, I, I guess that's the thing. Like, he's not a former player, so like he thinks he's a player because like my team's in the playoffs. We all guys who have been there. Are like, okay, this isn't my show. Like, it's the guys in the ice. Like. Yeah, I mean, you also don't know, too, like, as to what they were saying to him for him to get to that point. Because usually it looks like Dubas is as calm, cool, and collective as they come. You know, it doesn't look like he usually uh, just gets rattled. He just seems like no matter what, like, they'll be talking about he's going to get fired. And he's like, okay. Like, just doesn't doesn't yeah. blow him up. Yeah, he just... I, I, I don't care. Fans, you can't begin into it like that. It's almost like... Uh... Janot with the fan of Toronto. Like, dude, just sit in the fucking box. Like, I don't care what shit he's talking. The guy in a yellow sweatshirt. Oh, yeah, but in fairness, I mean, Janot's going to the box, and this guy's climbing over the fucking boards. That was almost like Ty Domi <laughs> Philly. Like, like, I don't know. I mean, if I was going to the box, and this guy's climbing over the board, like, hey, I'm just here to protect myself. I don't care who it is. Don't, don't come over if you don't want to. You don't want that yeah, smoke. That <laughs> That's true. But I, where is security? Usually there's always security by the glass. Yeah, I don't know. They came down after, though. They were a little, I'm a scared, I'm a scared. <laughs> um, but back to that hit on point. Dude, like, it looked like it hurt. Like, I was watching it cringing, like, oh, like, I could feel my body. He probably fractured some ribs. Oh, easily, if not more. I thought he might have done something to his sternum, which was concerning because of the way he dropped when he tried to skate off the ice. It was like he might have done something to his chest. Yeah, like he just like uh, couldn't breathe. Yeah. So, on first, I know the sound and injury was bad instantly. I On initial viewing, I didn't think it was a dirty hit. And then I saw the replay, and when he extended out, I was like, dude, come on, man. Oh yeah, like you, it was there was intent there completely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and so that leads to this whole fucking melee. Sergeyev goes right in there, uh, going after Riley. Um, eventually leads to Stamkos and Matthews going at it. Uh, more like Stamkos going at it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotta get, gotta give Matthews credit for standing in there. I mean, they didn't throw haymakers and go like toe to toe. It wasn't a long bout. Stamkos got the edge on him there. Um, Stamkos is one of those guys where you forget that he has like dad strength. <laughs> oh, dude, Stamkos is a horse. Yeah, like you yeah. gotta be careful with that guy. And then Shen with Maroon and Hagel and Jano and like the one thing I know Toronto ended up winning in overtime and they have the series lead right now. The issue for me, and I know this is intangible and it's kind of like uh. I'm blanking on a word here where it's like almost like story like, storybook like. 
you have a, in a position, even at that point, where you, you might win this game and go up in the series. Tampa Bay hasn't been great in this series. Why wake them up? The, uh, that, that's fair. Um, the only thing that could be to Toronto's benefit is that Riley took point out of this series. That's probably one of the other things. But points playing the next game. Like this guy basically played <laughs> or tried to play on one leg like last year. The year before, he was like almost decapitated. I feel like somehow he's going to be, even if it's four or five minutes, he's playing in game four. Now, the gamesmanship end of it, did you hear uh, Sheldon Keefe's post-game comments about it? No. He, he he tips the cap to Tampa and goes, oh, well, I mean, of course, for them, I mean, you know, they're getting a power play or, and, you know, they go out there to try to even it up. And, of course, you know, Stamkos is going to take advantage of a guy like Austin because he knows the refs are tied up with other things. And well, so you're just kind of getting that. I don't want to say Tampa's entitlement, but it was just one of those yeah. things of, you know, oh, obviously for them, that's a great thing to do. Too. So it was almost like a compliment. But on the other end, you could tell he's kind of being snide about it. He just would be like, <laughs> like, you prick. I I just looked it up. So Brayden points playing game four. Playing game four. Good for him because he looked like he was dead game three. Quote, no restrictions, just had the wind knocked out of me. Right, right. I'm sure, <laughs> exactly. I'm sure that's exactly what it is on the injury report. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just, obviously you're not, Riley's not thinking of that in a moment. Like, hey, don't extend out because I don't want to wake up Tampa Bay in a series. That we might t- like, I know that's not going through their head, but it's almost in a position now where Tampa for game four is they're going to be on it. And, and if you heard the chirping. Two, two. Yeah, you heard yeah. their chirping that was going on. I mean, they made it very clear they're going after Marner now. Yeah. Like, Patty Maroon's like, I'm going to fucking murder you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a big man saying that across the ice. But, yeah, he was I feel bad for Mitch. That. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was even on the ice when Matthews is going at it, and he's in the background, and on his face, he's just like, what is going on? <laughs> I, I will say, one of the best parts about that whole mic'd up thing is, you know, Janot is telling Shen, hey, we're going again. They're like, you know, you hit two guys from the back, like it's going to happen. But the best part is Hegel in there telling him, go, you stink. <laughs> like, <laughs> you stink. You know, like, you'll be replaced Any in this league. Yeah, league. you'll be replaced <laughs> in this league tomorrow. And I was just, it was just so funny when he just said, you stink. I was fucking dying. Just, that was awesome. Sorry. That was- and uh, even Shen, he's like, I apologize to him. And then he's like, fuck you. And Shen finally says, he's like, we can go. <laughs> yeah. One way to settle this. Yep. Yeah. So, Game four is appointment viewing uh, tomorrow night, Monday night. Um, and are you willing to say Tampa will win tomorrow night? It'll be going back to Toronto 2-2? Confident? I I would put money on Tampa Bay winning game four. Yeah, I'm very confident tomorrow. I think you're right. They awoken the beast. If Toronto wins game four, I think that's a sign that, hey, this, this year might actually be different for the Maple Leafs. 
Yeah, we will see. We will find out very shortly. Yeah. Uh, moving out west. Uh, so Edmonton and LA are playing right now. The Kings dropped two games and one in a series. In a series that Edmonton has looked out of, all out of sorts. Mm-hmm. Has not looked good at all. Um, I know there's that controversial non-high stick call on a game-winning goal in overtime uh, for LA in game three. To be honest, I still can't tell. Do I think the puck hit the stick? I think it did. Can I definitively show that it did? Yeah. Can I prove it? Yeah, no. I don't think it's a conspiracy. It's like that line from Law Abiding Citizen. It's not what you know. It's what you can prove in court. <laughs> Which is fair. I, don't, I can't prove. I can't prove that. But knowing how the game is played and the history and just the context of the hours you spent around a rink, you know it hit the stick. You just can't show that it hit the stick. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Oilers shouldn't be putting themselves in a position where they have to rely on a get-out-of-jail-free card in order to not lose Game 3 in overtime. Um, they haven't looked good at all. I mean, I don't think goaltending has been a problem. McDavid finally got his first two goals of the series in Game 3. Are you concerned if you're the Oilers? I mean, it's early in the first period right now as of this recording, but even pregame, uh, enter, uh, going into Game 4, are you concerned with the Oilers, or do you think it's just going to be a longer series than some thought? I think it's going to be a longer series than originally anticipated. The other thing, too, is, I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. And, I mean, Philip Deneau with a stranglehold on Connor McDavid when he has yeah. a, when he has that matchup going. Now, other guys who have kind of been quiet, I mean, expecting a little bit more out of the Nuge there. Um, Hyman's been in and out. I mean, he, he did get that goal the other night, but it's just like, I expect more out of this team, and then you think, is this a bad matchup for them, or is L.A. just getting the bounces going their way, which is making it different? I don't know. It's almost like the Rangers-Devils series, where the Rangers are just a much more talented version of what the Kings are doing at Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Like, just slowing them down, clogging things up, and taking advantage of the opportunity. Um like this is a must-win game for Edmonton tonight. If they lose three, if they go down three-one, it's over. So Edmonton really needs to step up here. Kind of disappointing in their performance so far. Um, the other matchup out west that I think has been disappointing for me is Winnipeg and Vegas. I think Winnipeg has been. I mean, the games have been close, but I know they lose Morrissey for the rest of the playoffs. At least the rest of the series. I think it's the rest of the playoffs, personally. If they advance past Vegas here. Again, another team who you go into the series thinking they have a good goalie, their defense is kind of uh, and it's going to be their offense that's going to have to carry them. But the problem is offensively, defensively, they seem fine. Mm-hmm. Are you... I know this series, we both went against each other here. Is this what you expected from this matchup so far with Vegas kind of taking a lead here and not letting up? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was scared to you yesterday when they blew the four-goal lead. I'm going, oh, Jesus (laughs) Christ. No, I mean, I just thought the team that Vegas had was people who have done it. They're a little bit deeper. 
I just wondered too, like, can Hellebuck completely go and steal that series for Winnipeg? That was kind of my uh, the old school scale, just kind of teetering there. It's like, wh- which way do you lean? So, yeah, I mean, I would say I expect it the way it's going. I will also say that I did not expect Adam Lowry to be this big of a difference maker, but for someone that is his size, I mean. Yeah, I think he is taking complete control for Winnipeg. Yes. But your boy, Neil Pionk, six points. Good for him. (laughs) Hey, he's a much better defenseman than Cody Cece. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I think, you know, obviously Vegas is up two games to one in a series. Game four is huge for Winnipeg. I do think they pull it out and even up the series and turn it into a best of three. Uh between them and Vegas. I still think this goes the distance. I still think when it peg pulls it out, um, it's just, where's Wheeler? Where's Shifley? Mm-hmm. Like, where where are you boys? Like, let's go. Missing persons poster is going to get yeah, put up in Winnipeg enough. pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last series out West uh, that I really want to get into is Colorado, Seattle. I know we have Dallas, Minnesota, which has been, I think, on par with what we both expected so far. But Seattle had a chance. They had their chance. Up two goals in game two. Mm -hmm. And they blow it after winning game one. You know what it was? It was Tanev and blowing that kiss. Fucking came back to bite him in the ass. (laughs) They had the opportunity to... They stunned everybody by winning game one, except for me. Up two goals in game two. I'm like, holy shit. They're going to go home. They're, they're, they're going to sweep them. <laughs> so, and then once they blew that, it was almost like what happened when the Rangers were up two games against Tampa last year. Up 2 nothing in game three, and they lose that game. Then they lost four straight. I think that's what's going to happen here, where Colorado shows them why they won a cup last year. They come back. They win game two. They score six on them in game three. To take the series lead, I think, I think that was this Kraken's chance in the series, and now I think it's going to be a short uh, go of it here. Yeah, I know you're not a big guy on a plus minus. I know that's one of those things that you hate, <laughs> but for this has already been three games into it. Colorado's up two to one. Evan Rodriguez plus seven, like that's a huge addition for them. Just to know that they have a guy who played with Sid all those years very comfortable in his role and able to do that for them. Um, He's very streaky. He can get going for you. Yeah, agreed. And I mean, now, I agree with you completely. I think they lost their shot. Like, listen, I don't want Colorado to win this. I I went off of, (laughs) you know, a a past tense, blah, blah, blah. I would love to see Seattle come away with this. I think that would be great for them. I don't want to say great for the league, but I think it would be great for a new expansion team. But yeah, I, I just think on the other end, I mean, Colorado is going to do what Colorado do. I mean, McKinnon got five goals. Like it's just one of those things where, uh, yeah, just, uh, I think the superstars are just going to take it away from them. That's all. Yeah. When you have your opportunity against the Stanley Cup champ, defending Stanley Cup champs, you got to capitalize, and they blew it. And I think that's just, I think that just 
like we said, put a pin in their uh, balloon. Yeah. And I mean, so we'll see. And it's, it's Gorgiev, too. I mean, so he could give it away at any point. So we'll see what happens. And then Dallas, Minnesota. Dallas wins today to even a series 2-2. Um, I think we're also competing in a series as well. Anything from here? I mean, it's been a very close series. I think we both expected that. I don't think either of us are surprised that it's tied 2-2 after four games. Uh, game five, going back to Dallas. Anything from this series that has either surprised you or is telling you which way the, the next couple games are going to go here? I, I would just say the the one thing that has surprised me more than anything is as to how lethal Dallas's power play is. Like, it's like legit. If they take that draw and they win it back, it's probably going to the back of your net. Like, it's just, yeah, they, they've been able to do that. Um, outside of that, I mean, no, I, we expected a good matchup. It's not like we were teetering. You, I went with Minnesota. You went with Dallas. We expected this to be pretty tight. It's been very tight. I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, it's been good hockey to watch. Much better than the the worst series so far. I think has been, uh, L.A. Edmonton for like just pure entertainment value. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that's by design with L.A. Um, also L.A. just scored, gave Velarde, gave Velarde. early in the first one, nothing L.A. Um, so yeah, outside of that, anything else that's been catching your eye so far in the first round. So like I said, all the series are, have played at least three games. Some of them played their game four already today. Um, next time we record is going to be for the second round. Is there anything between now and then that uh, you're keeping an eye on heading into elimination games? Is it bad that I say I, I just hope Tampa and Toronto kill each other? Just I hope they kill each yeah. other. <laughs> um, Outside of that, no, I mean... I think Carolina has it wrapped up. That that'll be over uh, Tuesday night. Um, I need the Islanders to make a go of it here, man. No, no I need them to extend this series. Know what I think? And it's bold. I mean, I picked the Oilers, but now I just feel the other way. I think LA has them. I'm going with yeah. LA's winning tonight. They'll be up three to one, and it'll be over in six. I think LA is going to win. Ah. <sighs> Like if not this year, when is McDavid gonna go on a run? When he goes somewhere else. Oh Jesus! Don't say that. Pants <laughs> <laughs> and Edmonton if, fucking jump off a building. No, I mean, um, but it's like he. It, it's always one of those things where you, you I don't want to contradict, but it's like he deserves to be the highest paid player in the game, which he is. But now on the other end of it, we've seen what can happen when you have other pieces around him that make a lot more money. And then there's not enough cookies in the cookie jar. So I think at some point yeah. they may have to remaneuver. Well, if they're splitting up him and Leon, they're definitely getting rid of Leon first. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, that that was just, just spitfire. Don't mind me to carry on. Yeah. One other thing, and this goes back to the Toronto Tampa Bay series that, Bunting hit on Cernak. Oh, yes. Yep. So the thing that like, 
he, so he very clear elbow to the head of Cernak knocks him out, knocks him out with a concussion. Bunting gets suspended three games. I know Bunting is one of those grinding. I mean, he, he can put up points. I mean, he's playing with Matthews and Marner, but he has a reputation. At what point, when you know you made contact with the guy's head, or even if you didn't and you thought you hit shoulder, and then you get sent to the box, and then a replay is put up on a big screen, and you look up at the replay and you see what you did if you weren't aware of it originally, when do you stop throwing your hands up complaining that you're getting ejected? Do you know what I mean? I mean, in, in fairness... I hate that shit. I, I, I would never put my hands up as to getting ejected because th- this is the other part like i love the ones where l- like you said you elbow the guy that, and then you put your arms up in the sense of i didn't hit him it wasn't me no it was you we, we all saw it i don't know like it's i just uh... and i know there could be times where you think you didn't make contact with the head because you weren't looking at the point of contact and then you see the replay and you're like fuck he sees the replay and he's still like disagreeing with the call of the penalty i'm like what do you need to see? Like, I hate it. Just takes out a lot of credibility. Where if you complain, then nobody's going to listen to you when you have a rifle position to complain. Yeah. So you like you hurt yourself in the long mm-hmm. run. But what? Just what a stupid fucking play. And I hate like that's what I mean. Where like the hits that need to get taken out of the game aren't necessarily the hits that. Like McAvoy put on Kachuk today, or Truba does, that are just big open eye sets that they have to, for some reason, fight for because they're his, the guy's teammates need to defend his honor. It's that stupid hit that Bunting does, or what uh, Lindgren took from TJ Oshie, where those are the little things that add up over the course of a season, over the course of a career, that lead to longer term health issues, that lead to concussions. Like this, I mean, a lot of this has been legislated out of the game, but like the hit that Savard handled mm-hmm. in Boston. Three games, he should just be suspended indefinitely. Like, send a fucking message here. And he's a free agent. Put in a position where the team that is considering signing him knows, hey, if he does one more stupid thing, he might get a season suspension. And then we're, that cap hit still counts. Can, can I say one humorous thing about the whole situation? Someone yeah. wrote after it like, "Oh, uh, you know, smell like like it seems just like Nazem Kadri." And Kadri goes on the tweet and he responds like, "Bro, don't bring me into this." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, every year it's like Toronto tradition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone's gonna get suspended. <laughs> so, all right, well, your boys are in pretty good position. I'm hoping. After tomorrow night, my boys are in a good position. And the next time we record, we're talking about second-round uh, previews for who both of us are playing in our advance towards a Boston-New York hopeful Eastern Conference final. Oh, but I uh, can't wait to see see you in the city, big boy. <laughs> but we'll see where we are. Game four or tomorrow, so we're, we're going to start looking at real elimina- elimination games starting Tuesdays and Wednesday. So we probably will record late next week over the weekend, uh, 
if schedule holds up, second round game one is probably next Monday. Um, so we're really getting to the, the meat of it here. Meat. I love meat. And the Rangers' new motto, apparently in the locker room, is uh, uh, time to eat. Time to, oh, good. Steak dinner, baby. So <laughs> they have T-shirts in the room and stuff that just says time to eat. <laughs> well, hey, I, I don't know how to say time to eat in Russian, but uh, that's probably the only way Igor knows how. But you guys are doing great. Uh, just one other one random thing I'll throw out there. Next time we record, I'll have an eight-year-old. Weird to say. I can't believe I saw Ryder's post um, about that, and I was like, "How? Like, I know it's even more so for you guys. <laughs> Never mind me, but I was like, how the hell is he eight years Dude, old?'" Dude, it's weird. I was like telling him yesterday, "I'm like, you fucking turd. You're gonna be eight? Like, crazy." Again, I say this every year on his birthday. Like, I remember when you guys first brought him home, and I visited you guys when I was still living in in Boston. And I was holding him. I was like, and now this dude's eight years old playing hockey. Like, and I see videos and stuff. I'm like, eight years since he was born. You, you guys obviously had him a couple years after college. I'm like, we're getting fucking old if that's the case. Where now we're getting like generationally separated from our college. Yeah, years. I know. that That's weird too. I forgot who I was talking to the other day, but they brought up, uh, they're like, oh, how long has uh, Red been working where she is? I'm like, Jesus, since we graduated college, I'm like, that's been fucking like 13 years now. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, the 15-year reunion is not that far off. I can't wait. <laughs> we'll go. We'll do a live episode with uh, Mike, Gavigan, all, uh, all the guys from LCR. Yeah, we'll bring Handy back. <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> but, all right, looking forward to it. I'm hoping... Like I said, next time we record, my confidence level is still where it is right I now. I have a feeling it will be, pal. All right. Hey, Godspeed, my friend. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. You might been hurt, babe.